Welcome back to another edition of Football on the 40. It's week 11 of the college football season. The Longhorns are tied for second in the Big 12 and are officially bowl eligible for the first time in the Steve Sarkeesian era. With the win over Kansas State, we now look forward to the Horned Frogs coming to town. TCU is 9-0, legitimate contenders for the college football playoff, and ESPN's college game day is coming to Austin for the second time this season. But before we get to that, we will recap what went well in Manhattan and also talk a little men's hoops as the season got underway earlier this week. I'm Jake Robinson. Joining me are Andrew Harris, Bowen Kai, and Kevin Mathis. Hamilton Lizer produces this show each week. Let's get right to it. K-State. Bo, I'll head to you first. What takeaways do you have from last week's win? Yeah, so full disclosure, I did watch the game on the side slash watch the replay because at the same time, our Houston Astros were clinching the World Series, but I thought Astros. it was a great game on the rewatch. Yeah, and and as I was watching through it, I think the, the run blocking was really great all game. Um, my favorite play I think that I saw was on that short toss to Bijan in the second quarter. Um, Hayden Connor just hustling down the field and getting that lead block like third like 25 30 yards down the field that was awesome i love that we also stuck with the run game i feel like we've done that in weeks past um to mix success but we also kept a lot of the creativity um lots of the window dressing lots of the pre-snap motion even past the scripted plays. so really 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 cool to see that um yeah, in in the in the stre- in the you know home stretch of the game, so that that was really really cool to see. Andy, what about you? Would you see? Yeah, well, first uh, going off of what Bo said um, at the beginning, Ghost Rose, uh, it's time to ring me and uh, uh, Hamilton. You should be thankful for this, even though you don't root for them because you benefited greatly financially off the Strohs. So. Congrats, Ham, on your furniture purchase from, can, can from we, Mattress Mac. <laughs> can we just let the listeners in on this? Uh, two friends combined did the Mattress Mac deal. I thought originally it was get your money back if the Strohs win. When Garrett bought his furniture, it was get 2x back when the Strohs win. So That's crazy. In our core friend group, between two people, there are there's $20,000 coming towards... <laughs> between those two guys isn't that nuts (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy nuts it's it's the greatest sports bet in history is what he won 75 million dollars was that um i somebody told me that that he was gonna receive that individually like that was a side bet yeah it's the hedge yeah it's a like it's the hedge for selling for giving all the furniture back yeah that's how i responded and they were like no 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 he he did that for himself no, no, they didn't. Mattress. They didn't know what they were talking about. Mattress Basically, the way, the way it works is either Vegas loses or the people that buy the furniture lose. But either way, he wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. But yeah, Mattress Mac, a legend in Houston, did not know he played uh, football for Texas back in the day, which is crazy. I really hope he's a game day guest picker this weekend. Um, but um we'll see we'll see what happens that would be um, awesome that would be yeah. great <laughs> i think that's like the obvious choice but i don't i don't know if he'll do it um going back to the game yeah just thrilled to get the monkey off the back uh finally finally won on the road uh happy for sark happy for the team um yeah just uh 
it's a great feeling. It's never easy to win in Kansas State, even though we've had their number the last few years. Um, and yeah, it, they're a good team. They Kansas State has a really good defense, and we were able to move the ball against them. Even in the second half where we didn't score as much, we still moved the ball. Um, Kansas State was just fortunate with their with their turnovers at um, at the right times and our lack of ability to recover fumbles until the very end. But um, yeah, lastly, I will say I was just I was impressed with Quinn's performance, even though he didn't light up the stat sheet. Um, Pretty similar conditions to Oklahoma State, maybe slightly less windy, but um, just had a better control of the game. Um, he, I, Sark, I felt like did a little bit better job of calling plays that allowed him to be more successful. Um, and we only went deep twice in the second half. Um, and I think we went deep maybe like five or six times total rather than like 10 to 12. So um, happy for Quinn to kind of bounce back. And I, I look for him to have a huge game this upcoming weekend. Jake, share your thoughts from this past weekend. Yeah. Um, hot starts are good for the heart. We've had a lot of those this year. Um, keeps the heart rate down. You know, everyone's excited, having a great time. And then those third quarters come around. And I was looking back. I mean, obviously we know we've had lots of come from behind. Um, loss leads basically. What I'm trying to say, and we didn't lose this one, but in our three losses, we've we've scored three, seven, and three points in the third quarter. This week, zero. So I, I say that not not as a oh we could have easily lost lead, but it's almost the opposite. We didn't. We we did hold on. We did pull it together and pull out the W, which I don't think would have happened um, if there hadn't been growth in this team. So that's my biggest takeaway this week. I think. Uh... Going off of what you said, Andrew, Quinn had a fairly solid game. He took care of the ball, despite, you know, obviously he didn't throw 100%. He started the game pretty poorly, which was concerning to see after uh, his performance versus OSU, but did okay. Um, my standout takeaway was Bijan smashed through the 1,000-yard mark. Um, he needed about 80 yards in the game to get above 1,000, and he got, I think, over 200, right? So. Mm -hmm. Second time in his career that he's done that. Only the third year he's played and well-deserved for him. I'm so thankful he's healthy and churning. Um, great game for Bijan. I thought last week when we talked about this game, what we were looking at, um, I thought that the turnover the turnover margin would make or break us with Kansas State dominate, dominating that stat line this week or this year. And uh, we were two for two, right? We turned the ball over twice on fumbles. And then we recovered a fumble and had an interception. So although that's kind of messy football, we didn't get beat on it and it, and it helped. Um, and on that note, you know, some cool things happened offensively, but if I were the coach, I would give the game ball to Jalen Ford. He um, recovered the fumble, got the interception and led the team in tackles with 10 tackles. So, um, Really early in the season, I think against ULM and Alabama, we were kind of wondering, like, does Jalen Ford know what he's doing? He's not showing up. And he has really, really settled into his role and had a nice season. So good game for, for Jalen. He might watch. He might win defensive player of the year now in the Big 12. He's been which so good. Shocking. Yeah, he's been so good. Like, I remember, like, after the first week, I think, yeah, Kevin, to your point, I think it was called out, like, 
hey man like he just took really bad angles like you know and i think like even the coaching staff like stark was just not concerned he was like yeah you know like just showed so much confidence in him and i think we can definitely see why he's been balling it's been it's been awesome no kidding i mean preseason the only name we knew at the linebacker position was the marvion overshone and for the last three or four games he hasn't really showed up you know on on the telecast it's just been jalen um i'm i'm very pleased that we got the win on the road that is massive for sark um he's got to continue to improve in that area but uh, that's a good team that we beat so great week all right, that was a good recap of last week's game. Um, we're going to move into our rotational segment for this week, which we're going to talk about the rest of the Texas football season, specifically uh, the three games we have left, and then what could be after that. So basically, I'm going to just uh, ask you to give me a who you think will win this week against TCU at Kansas and Baylor, and then what comes after that, if anything. Um, let's go with Kevin. You're up first. Okay. Question before I go, what, what is Kansas ranked? They're not. They're not. Okay. okay. But they're six and three also. Man. Um, all three are big 12 losses. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel good about this. I am going to say we finish out the season from here on out two and one with us beating TCU, uh, beating Kansas on the road and then losing to Baylor at home and not playing in the big 12 championship. And uh, I, I feel like that's an optimistic outlook. One of the reasons why I am feeling good about the TCU game is preseason, the four of us picked each game for the season for the horns before we even snapped the ball. There's only been four previous games where we all agreed on the outcome of the game they were ULM, Bama, UTSA, and West Virginia. And in each of those games, the game played out the way we thought it would. We each preseason picked ourselves to beat TCU. So that would be a huge outlier for us to lose this game based on our record of picking for the season. <laughs> Dang, and, Kevin, uh, that's that's so much weight yeah. on ourselves. <laughs> I don't think I knew uh, anything about TCU before the season. I was just like, mm, yeah, that, yeah. That, that feels good. That Have, feels you good. thought Zach Evans was still on the team. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I love it, though. The the numbers the numbers uh, are in our favor based on our recent <laughs> record picking games and we're playing at home we're a different football team at home and I will be at the game so we'll be extra loud uh, nice so two and one us losing to Baylor not playing for a Big Twelve championship I think that would put us at uh, is that eight and four for the that's season, eight and four which yeah. is what I picked preseason yeah yeah um, Bowen what do you think what's your I I, I agree I mean I. I think we've I think we go out two and one rest of season two. Um I also don't think we make the Big Twelve Championship. Maybe optimistic if we lose to TCU and, and they make don't make the playoff and they're in Sugar Bowl, I guess optimistically that potentially I don't I haven't looked at the bowl predictions, but is that like Alamo Bowl for us if we're like near the top? That would be pretty that would be pretty nice. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that that's that's where I would that's where I would be. I guess that's where I sit. Best case scenario, Andy. What about you? Y'all thought y'all y'all were optimistic. I'm going to take it up one level. 
We're gonna go. We're gonna go three and zero the next three three games. Um, but okay, on a serious note, I do think we're gonna go three and zero. I I like our matchup against TCU. Um, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. But playing at home, what, TCU has not played a really good team on the road just yet. So I like that. I think um, we'll redeem ourselves from last year with Kansas, and then it'll come up to it'll come up to the Baylor game at the end of the year, um, and we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, but I think right now Texas is a better team than Baylor. Um, so with that in mind, if we went out, we go to the Big Twelve Championship. We would play TCU again. I say we would lose that game to TCU, and we would probably go to the bowl at that point. I think. I don't know. Would, would we need help if we went out? Are we guaranteed a berth in the Big Twelve Championship? Guaranteed. Um, yeah, I, guaranteed for sure. If we went out. And I personally think for the first time in the Big 12 championship, the new Big 12 championship era, so we've had it since 2017, I think a three-loss team is going to be in the Big 12 championship game. Um, possibly. Possibly. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict that right off the bat with my picks. I'm going to say I do think we could win out. I think TCU – I think we will beat TCU this weekend. Kansas, I would say would be the game we would lose, but because we lost last year, I don't think we're going to sleep into that game. I think it's, we're going to come out strong. So I agree with y'all. It comes down to Baylor. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though, if we were to lose the Baylor game, that being said, no, I, I mean, I'm looking at the standings and right now there's, there's three, two loss teams. It's Texas Baylor and Kansas state, but um, Baylor still has to play TCU and Kansas state. So one of them are automatically going to have three losses and then, you know, it just, it just, it mathematically, it's likely that a three loss team, unless we went out or Baylor wins out. Yeah. R really quickly, Andrew, you mentioned that TCU hasn't been tested on the road this season. So I'm looking at their schedule to date. Um, so TCU's real game so far at Colorado, at SMU, at Kansas, and at West Virginia. And each of those games, just skimming here the least amount of points they scored on the road was 38. So agreed with whoever said it's going to be a high scoring affair. Clearly they're undefeated. So it's not like they're struggling on the road, but um, I, I feel like we're better than all those teams. So good, good take. I do disagree though, about the not having a true road test, the Kansas game, they were both undefeated and game day was in Lawrence. So it was, a uh, it's test. still Kansas. Like we keep sure. saying that, but they keep winning. <laughs> Didn't didn't no, Kansas... but like I'm not talking about their team. Like I just don't think their environment. Like DKR is going to be rocking this weekend. Like yeah. if it doesn't yeah. rain, Kansas. I, like... I, I still think it's going to be crowded. Like Kansas Stadium is not even with a full crowd. It's not going to be that loud. Yeah, true. It's small. Oh, I'm feeling good. Feeling good about this one, boys. All right. Well. That was, that was fun. That was way more optimistic overall than I thought that was going to be. So that, that's great. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, preview the game. We'll be back after this short message. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. 
It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare. Like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back. So it is time to preview this weekend's game against TCU. Obviously, the game is in Austin at DKR with a 6.30 p.m. kick. It is on ABC, which means it's a night game on ABC. We will get Kirk and Fowler for the announcers if you are listening at home. The weather forecast. Okay, this one's going to be a little bit tricky. It is going to be cold, like actually cold. Low 40s if you get up and go to game day. A little bit of wind, so it's going to be feel colder than that. Highs are topping out in the mid-50s, dropping probably back into the 40s during the game. And there is rain possibly around. That is very uncertain at time of this recording. It could move in. It could move out by game time. There could be no rain at all. It's only about a 20% chance right now. But if it does rain, it's going to be a cold, nasty rain. So with that being said, I'm going to hand it over to you, Andrew. Uh, Real quick, do you know what the wind situation will be around game time? So wind forecasts are hard days in advance, but because it's behind a cold front, there should be some wind. But if it's cloudy and drizzly and cold, it probably won't be too windy. So I would say some wind, but nothing. it's not going to be like 20, 30 mile an hour winds, I don't think. Okay, that's good. All right, thanks, Jake. Uh, Yeah, TCU, they've been you know, obviously won the two legs of the purple kryptonite. We've been um, able to conquer the other leg, um, which is Kansas State, but TCU has been a different story. Um, We're 64 and 27 against them all time, but um, we're three and seven against them since they joined the Big 12. So um, not much success against them um, in recent years, but yeah, looking at this current team, TCU is really good, obviously. Um, they're 9-0 for a reason. They've had um, big wins against Kansas State and Oklahoma State um, at home. Oklahoma State was a better version of themselves uh, when they played them. Um, so, yeah, they've they've played really well at home. They've won on the road, but they um, haven't really been tested, in my opinion, on the road. Um, and I think this weekend will be their biggest test of the year. Um, the biggest storyline going into this um, into this game is um, this is the first ever Gary Patterson Bowl. Um, he's technically an analyst, so he's not coaching per se, but uh, it's the first time he's facing his former team uh, since he got fired, forced to resign last year. So, um, yeah. It will be exciting um, to see how we do against TCU. Um, and I don't know, Kev, do you have any insight just like historically or just like recently for TCU this year? I, I think my observation is they have a first-year head coach. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is Sonny Dyke's first season at TCU, correct? Yes. So having recently gone through co- coaching turnover, that is – fairly remarkable to have this much success right off the bat with a new a new program basically i guess gary left a lot of talent at tcu but the longhorns don't have a feel for this 
you know, this version of, of that program. So I haven't watched them a ton this year. I'm interested to see if they're playing differently, but we will see someone new on the sideline, someone with a ton of coaching experience. He started coaching Texas high school football, like many others and has been at, based on his Wikipedia page, looks like 12 to 15 other schools. So he's been doing this since the year I was born and um, is is just having a remarkable run in his first eight or so games. Yeah, no, he has. It's it's uh, it's uh, great for Sonny Dykes. He's he's done really well. He did really well at SMU um, and hopefully he does not have success this weekend, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, kind of diving into the team a little bit more. Um, Max Duggan, which is interesting today in the press conference, Sarkeesian kept calling him Dugan. So I don't know if we're pronouncing his name wrong this whole time or if Sark just kind of pulled a Charlie there. Um, but yeah, he, he, uh, he is in the Heisman conversation for a reason. He's uh, averaging 270 yards a game um, on 66% passing. Um, that might be a little low on, on a percentage basis, you would think, but he's throwing the ball really deep a lot. So that's actually a pretty good percentage. Um, um, yeah, so they love the deep ball, and they have really great receivers that will break down in just a few seconds. He's fun. also – I was oh, going to say, fun, fun fact, um, he was not the starter before the season started. He came in because uh, of an injury. But how many years has Duggan been at TCU, isn't it? Isn't this like his fourth or fifth year? That we've this is at least number four. Uh, I don't know if he had like a red shirt or anything. But like he that. was. But he's been starter up until this year, and he was not preseason going to be the starter. And he came right. Because so, of injury. so Chandler Morris was the starter. He got hurt against Colorado, and uh, Duggan came in, and he just kind of been lighting it up ever since. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have anything to say, Kev? I was going to say confirmed. It is his fourth year. And his other three years were not small, you know, small in the stat lines. I think in all of his career, the lowest amount of passes he's thrown in his season is 227. So he's been he's been playing a lot. I think he's had some injuries, troubles, but this year just his passer rating's insane. He's only thrown two interceptions, so um, he's playing like a senior. <laughs> For sure. Um, he's he's really good. Um He's a really good runner as well. Um, we're going to have to keep an eye on him. He's not necessarily like Adrian Martinez, like athletically good as a runner, but he he definitely does a good job. Um, also, his best games of his last three years all came against Texas, so that's not a good sign going into this game. Two and one against Texas uh, the last uh, three years. Um Going to the running back, uh, Kendra Miller, uh, he is a touchdown machine. He's had 12 touchdowns on the year, uh, has already rushed over uh, 1,000 yards on the season, which Bijan just did this past weekend. Um, so, yeah, he averages six and a half yards per carry, which is really good. Um, so we're going to have to focus on him as well. And then Quinn Johnson is their best receiver. He uh, is a top prospect. Um um, as a wide receiver uh, for the next year's NFL draft. He's incredibly talented, tall, lanky, um, uh, has really good speed. He did 
he did uh, hurt his ankle um, in the last game, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, Kev, any other insight on their offense? Just that they're well-balanced. They average about 500 yards per game, and 200 of that on average comes on the ground. So there's not one way to stop them, and there, there's a reason they're undefeated. That's it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then kind of round it out, I don't have much to say against – uh, about their defense it's not a great defense texas should move the ball especially running which is great for us um yeah i i think it's gonna be a really high scoring game hopefully we do not um, put our foot off the gas pedal in the second half um Bo, i'll let you take us in the betting corner thanks andy all right so going into betting corner weekly standings andy in first, myself in second, no real surprise there. Kevin and Jake rounding us out. But a big shakeup in the season-long standings. Andy has overtaken me for first place. So Andy is now atop the leaderboard. I am in second. Kevin still rounding us out in third. And Jake in fourth. Wow, behind a massive performance by your Houston Astros in a, in a great week zero Futures bet by Andy. He's it's propelled him right up into first place. Andy, how does it feel? You know, it feels great as a parent. You know, this is like the equivalent of getting a raise, buying a new house, just living a lifestyle that just wasn't imaginable to me just even a few weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm just really happy for myself right now. I, I really, truly deserve it. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> I really, truly deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, maybe, nice maybe we need to ban non-college football bets seems kind of <laughs> lame bowen bowen on uh last week you had an interesting bet that you called the texas waltz how did that go for you the texas waltz was at least for the sunday games 0 for 2 and it's looking like it'll probably be 0 for 3 so Maybe I could have taken the inverse waltz, but yeah, it was it was not good. Ellinger got sacked like eight or nine times, and Panthers could not move the ball at all. And I think the Ravens are not in a hurry to pass. But it was a fun bet. I actually forgot to credit my brother was the one that told me told me to to consider that for the podcast. So a quick shout out to Michael. Unfortunately, it was a losing bet, but you know we we keep going, we keep going. It's all good. So looking ahead this week. Um, Texas, we, as, as covered before, we're, we're a touchdown favorite at home against the number four team in the country. Uh, so seven point favorites, Vegas expects us to win by at least seven pretty high total, despite the potentially cold, potentially windy conditions. It's at 65, pretty interesting, pretty interesting, you know, betting line there for the Texas game. Does anyone like anything on that game? Jake, we'll, we'll start with you on the Texas game first, and then we'll go elsewhere around the league. I, I do. I don't want to use, I, I'm very far behind if uh, for, for our listeners. So I'm, I'm being very picky about my picks and I got to make sure I get all 10 units in that being said, I do want one unit on the horns to cover the seven points. So I do want one unit on them. Okay. Ooh. Nice. Andy, what about you? Um, I've talked about this a lot in the pod. I think it's going to be really high scoring. Um, 65 is over under, right? Yep. Yes. I'm seeing. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to place three units on the over. Um, I'm hopeful that conditions are not bad. Um, even so I think 
both teams are going to score a lot of points. I feel pretty confident about the over. All right. I like it. Kevin, you like anything on the Texas game? I also like the over. I'm going to go two units on the over. I I felt confident earlier in the podcast on, you know, we're definitely going to win, but the line at seven points is a little too tall for me. So that, that'll be it. I agree. I'll, I'll round us out here on the Texas game. You know, I, I am in second place now. I need to be start to be a little bit more intelligent, more creative with some of these bets with Andy's lead. Guys, I'm actually going to take the first half cover. Texas is not a second half team. The game, the game spread is at seven. When you take the first half, it, they're you know Vegas isn't going to give you that three and a half, but they'll give me the four. And I'm happy taking Texas going into halftime with a four point or more lead. So I'm head. I'm I'm you know forget all the second half meltdown. I'm I'm taking Texas first half cover minus four uh, at at four units. It's a good bet. Like yeah. That. All right. Elsewhere around the league. What are you guys liking? Anything that y'all are seeing out there? Um, uh, Jake, we'll go to you again. All right. So this is, I've got four games and they're all SEC games. I like the lines on all of them. So this is, this is going to be, I don't have an, I don't have a good name for it, but that didn't work for you last week. So I don't need to do it anyway. <laughs> um, I want LSU minus three and a half over Arkansas. These are all two unit bets. Tennessee recovering after that Georgia defeat, minus 21 versus Missouri. I like South Carolina plus eight and a half versus Florida. And Georgia minus 16 versus Mississippi State. So I like all four of those for two units. And I would like to parlay that those four bets for one unit on top of it. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Okay. Wow, I like that. I can big, go next. Big, big SEC guy. All right, Andy. Um, okay. So uh, my other bets for the week. Um, North Carolina just figures out a way to win every week. I don't know how. So I just got to keep going with that tra- uh, train of thought. Uh, so I'm going to place one unit on UNC Moneyline over Wake Forest. Um, they're three and a half point underdogs um, this weekend. Um for my next bet, AM and Auburn are playing. Um, the over-under for that game, I think, is 49 and a half. Bo, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, AM is expected to have Wagman, Wagman, I, I think it's Wagman, um, back at quarterback. He had the flu this past weekend. Their offense looks a lot better with them, their defense is looking quite bad. Auburn scored a lot of points this past weekend with their new interim coach. I I think they're going to both score um, over 49 and a half. So I'm going to go over for two units. And then lastly, Baylor has done me well the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to do me well this week. I'm going to say Baylor cover over Kansas State for four units. I'm going to start off the rest of my slate with the opposite of that last bet, Andy. I'm going to say Kansas State has a a little bit of a bounce back this week on the road and covers against Baylor for two units. Um, Also, Oklahoma is going on the road and playing West Virginia. The line I'm seeing is that OU is favored by eight. I think Oklahoma covers there. 
for two units. Uh, Jake, I also like the LSU cover on the road against uh, Arkansas, I think. And I'll do that one for two units also. And that will be it for me this week. All righty. I'll round us out here. Um, I did some research. I don't know. I, I, I don't follow the rest of college football nearly as much as y'all. I, I do know a few things. You know, Bama, very good. I think they're going to have a bounce back game. They're 11-point favorites going into Ole Miss this weekend. I think they're going to cover that 11. Um, another thing that I know is true is Georgia Tech, not very good. Miami is underdogs. Miami's also not very good, but Georgia Tech is even worse. So they're getting plus 105. I'm going to take Miami on the money line for two more units. And then another truth that I know this season, Clemson are frauds. I was late last week. I did not see the Notre Dame game. I wish I had taken Notre Dame. But I'm going to take Louisville plus seven against Clemson for two more units as well. So I'm, wow. again, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I don't know too much, but I'm, I'm holding fast. I'm holding, I'm holding, um, these are my, this is my thesis going into this week, betting on what I, betting on what I know. Bo and I, I, I know. I would have taken the opposite on all three of those, which is probably a good sign for you, considering how <laughs> what place I'm in and what place you're in. <laughs> and I did all consider right. all three of those games the exact opposite. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to get those bets in. Awesome. Andy, um, give us a preview of the men's hoop season. Okay, we will do. So... Texas starts off the season with a matchup against UTEP. Um, Texas has a better off um, out of conference schedule this year than um, than last year. Um, they play Gonzaga again, um, but they play them in Austin. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they play at Tennessee. Um, I'm pretty sure seeing Hall comes to Austin. Um, Overall, just take my word, it's a better non-conference schedule. Big 12 is going to be brutal again, um, and Texas is picked third um, in the conference behind Baylor and Kansas to start off the year. Kind of diving into the team a little bit more. Um, we're playing in a new basketball arena, if y'all didn't know. Um, we're playing in the Moody Center. Um, as McConaughey says, Kev's favorite, um, the mood is blessed. <laughs> Kev is shaking his head. Get out um, of here, Matthew. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of a lot of McConaughey. Um, but it's exciting. I, I'm really excited to go to a game at the Moody Center. I'm really going to try and make an effort to go to at least one game this year. Um, this is Chris Beard's second year. Um, first year was pretty successful. Um, we lost barely in the round of 32 to Purdue. Um, and it was kind of more because of the foul call situation against Texas than, um, than anything else, in my opinion. Uh, we have some good returning players coming back. Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, uh, Dylan DeSue, and everyone's favorite, Brock Cunningham, is coming back. Um, new, new guys on the block are Dylan Mitchell. He's a really high recruit. Um, probably will be a lottery pick next year in the NBA. So he will be a one and done type of guy. 
uh, Tyrese Hunter, um, he was a, a freshman of the year at Iowa State, um, and he transferred to Texas. So he's going to have a lot of playmaking ability. Uh, Serge Jabari Rice, I think that's one of the better names in college basketball. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be kind of a do-it-all type of player. Um, he he played on the New Mexico State team that I think they made the Sweet 16 last year, if I remember correctly, with uh, with Timmy Allen's brother Teddy. So um, so that's that's awesome. And then Arterio Morris, um, he's another really talented freshman. Um, he had some legal issues in the offseason. I hope everything gets squared away with that for him. Uh, the party involved and um hopefully hopefully for all parties everything can get resolved and kind of move on um um but you know i don't want to dive into that because we don't really know too much details about it so um yeah i don't know i'm i'm excited about the basketball season i was really excited last year but i think this year we really have a great team and you never know once it comes to march but i think we have the type of team that um, has the ability to make a deep run. So last year we were, I think we were unnecessarily preseason hyped. I mean, we were preseason number five last year with an entirely, with a, a new coach and a team coming from all across the country from different transfers from everywhere. Um, but a lot of them decided to stay. And this year we're preseason ranked number 12 in the AP poll. And I think, I think there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of teamwork now that they've been under the system for a year plus. So I agree, Andy, the big 12 is stacked, as you said, so anything can happen, but because it's so good and because the schedule is so good, you can lose a lot of regular season games and it, the the committee doesn't really hurt you too bad. um, As long as you win some big ones too. But great yeah no i'm looking forward to the season having been to the moody center for a con a concert it was uh really cool and it's going to be an amazing basketball uh basketball arena because they're gonna just it it's so loud it's gonna be great all right that takes us into our last segment of the week mailbag so as a reminder for everyone um you can submit your mailbag in the link in our instagram bio or in our spotify feel free to ask any question whether that be life advice feedback, any thoughts, any rants, you know, anything is fair game. We're happy to cover it on the show today. Today, we do have two mailbags. First one from our friend Kristen Stark across the pond. She says, hi, guys, big fan of the show. I love watching Texas football, but oftentimes get confused when people who know a lot about football talk about football. That hasn't been the case with your show, and I thoroughly enjoy listening and feel like I'm actually learned something. Thanks. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, her question. So my question for each of you is what has been your favorite memory of this football season so far? Wow. Great question. Thank you, Kristen, for the question. Um, Jake, we will go to you first. Yeah, that that's, that's fun. It's, it's so easy for me. This, this, <laughs> the Oklahoma game was just the best experience probably ever of college football that I've been a part of <laughs> just being at the fair and destroying Oklahoma um yeah so that's it for me for sure i'll i'll go a little bit different here and share something personal um when we were at the alabama game 
up against the number one team in the country late in the second half. I was literally choking back tears in the stadium, hoping that we won. <laughs> and although, although we didn't win, just how emotional I got with almost beating Bama was something I'll never forget. So that's it for me. Zach Johnson <laughs> Mathis. That's, that's, that's what, just, just call him Zach Johnson. Andy what about you oh man um I got to go to this past weekend um I uh, I would if Jake didn't say OU I probably would have said OU but I want to do something different um this weekend was a lot of fun um with you know Texas pulling out a close win with the Astros coming from behind to win the World Series all that factored together It was one of the better sports like Saturdays I've had in my life. So just an awesome, awesome sports Saturday. Yeah, that's a great answer, Andy. And like the past few weekends have been great to us because like A&MOU have also been on the decline and our teams have just been performing super well. So that's been awesome to see. I think for me, um, a bit of a cheesy answer maybe, but I haven't had season tickets like the past few seasons. Cause you know, this was my first year moving back in Austin. So I've just loved like being back in the stadium. It's a new side for us on the alumni side. So I've just loved like soaking it in. Our seats are great on the 40. They're like super high up in the, you know, upper deck, but that's been awesome to just have that environment again. And I think specifically like meeting our friend, new friends, Jake and Macy, I like lost it at the, <laughs> just the sheer statistical improbability improbability of two people just being named jake and macy sitting two rows in front of us was really cool and um i know that they're listeners of the show so appreciate y'all y'all listening as well but i i i've enjoyed that and just all the all the game day festivities so that's been that's been fun all right our second mailbag comes from kelly dowling she says Assuming you are starting from zero and sometimes watch YouTube streamed versions of the game with most of the screen blocked for copyright issues, what is the most budget-friendly way to watch the games at home and how much will it set you back? Kevin, as as this is your sister, I think there's maybe some more background information that would be helpful in, in, in us answering this question. I have, I have, I think I have some good advice given my, you know, experience with illegal streams and everything, but I, I, some additional context might might help as well. Yeah. I think there's going to be some creative responses to this one. Great question, Kelly. Um, I do not have experience illegally streaming things and I don't have much to add to that, but I will give you two alternatives that are free. Number one, lay on the couch, comfortable pillow, look up at the ceiling and close your eyes. Have your husband turn on 98.1 and listen to the Craig Way uh, radio version of the game and just imagine the plays in your head. That would be free. You'd also probably pick up a lot of stats and names of players that you don't hear on TV that way. Second scenario, in your new neighborhood that I hope you're enjoying, um, walk around and meet another Texas fan that has cable and go over <laughs> and watch it with a neighbor. That would, that would be fun. I like it. I like it. Jake, any thoughts there? I mean, no, I, I don't really have any other advice. I mean, I, I currently share 
<laughs> my my cable access with Kevin and it's more budget friendly that way but um but we've also been having a lot of screen block issues lately so yeah. <laughs> we may be looking for a new solution that's that's a good point Kelly Shannon has YouTube TV and she would probably be willing to split it with you that way that's $35 a month for all the channels text Very Shannon yeah. where does where does Kelly live Kelly lives in Georgetown they just bought a really nice new home there and are settling in with their two and a half year old daughter, Anna. Yeah. Also, she could also just drive down to Austin, find a tailgate, get some free food and watch the game there. That's a good point. That's a good point. Look at that sustenance and a stream. Yeah. So I guess Kelly rounding us out. I mean, if you're comfortable with illegal streams and you have a good ad block browser extension, you can hit me up or have Kevin send you my information and I can send you some some websites where you can find some of the games and that's going to be the cheapest cheapest way depending on your comfort level. So yeah, I feel like not, you have a good, only, good good range of options. Not only is Bowen admitting to committing crimes, now he's trying to solicit others to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just advocating on our listeners' behalf, you know. It, 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 she, Kelly says she needs something, and we got it. We got to provide for her. We need Sam to record a clip of like a legal blurb that we place at this portion of the show. <laughs> no, thank you, Kelly, for the question. Um, our our all of our families are supporting this podcast quite a bit, and all the women in my family listen to this and are learning about sports betting through our conversations weekly. So um, we are, we're making waves in, in the Mathis family. So thanks for supporting us, Kelly. Yeah. And, and you as well, Kristen, we're making some inroads with the Starks. It looks like as well. So thanks for the questions and, and yeah, thanks for listening as well. All right, guys, that brings us to the very end of this week's podcast. Um, Hope everybody enjoys the game this Saturday, whether you're there in person or watching on television. It's going to be a great Saturday of college football, and uh, we're, we're pumped for it. But that's all we've got for you. We will be back every Thursday for the rest of the season, so be sure to join us each and every Thursday. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Book them. <laughs>